Are you a human being? Are you also a Browns fan? Well, if you said yes to both of those things, then there's a good chance you're probably a little tired of our local Cleveland Browns sports media. Same old thing, day after day, night after night. It's time to hang the cleats up. It's time to pass the torch. If you're looking for something fun, something fresh, something where four people literally smack themselves in the face over and over with hot take after hot take, then my boys at Down With The Browns is where you want to be. It's just good for your soul. Available on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Twitter. Getting down with the Browns. And welcome back. Let's go to another episode of Down with the Browns. Down with the Browns, baby. Episode 99, DM right. New year. Yes, man. Hey, hey, do you got how are you guys feeling on this victory Monday? Because cutting Cade York was the biggest dub this franchise is gonna take all year. Listen, listen, I just want to say a quick thank you to Cade York because truthfully, I've been seeing a couple tweets on Twitter saying that that fourth round pick was worth it just because of the kick against the Carolina Panthers. And I just want to give a round of applause for Cade York for that kick because we were all hype as Browns fans at that time. Shout out to him for the kick. Unfortunately, uh, you know, us Browns fans really need, you know, all the points we can get. So if you can't do it consistently – so, I just want to say this. I just want to say this, and you know, low key directed at KFC up here. Um, can we get the apology letters for Corey Bajorquez ready? Or... Dude, he is not a good holder. Yeah, yo, are we still talking? Are we still? Uh, is he a good holder? Are we still talking about that? Really? Are we? Are we doing Episode this? Yeah, are we doing he is not a good holder. I think, I think you should apologize to him. I'm yeah, that's true. That's true. Drew, Drew, Drew's very right. Uh, Cade York technically is not officially cut what is officially happened is that we did get dustin hopkins over from the chargers uh because cameron dicker won that job uh for the, the kicker the baby so we, 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 if, yeah yeah that's that's actually fine that's actually finalized that's actually true that's yeah, actually weird the browns twitter um yeah. they tweeted that so yeah zester duel said that the uh the, 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 the holder is actually really good so yeah, I mean, we can't blame Thank it on the holder. We can't blame you. it. We're gonna, we're, we're gonna have. To, we're running out of excuses for him. We're running out of excuses. Go, go back and look at every okay, kicker right, that's Christian, kicked with him. Wow. Bad. Bad. No, I'm not. I'm not saying Cade's a good kicker. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying both of them were not good at their jobs. You're, you're calling, no, 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 no. Go. You're calling out the best punter in Cleveland Browns history. I hope you know that. Okay. okay? Cool. Just because you're not old enough care. to see him play. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna have we're we're gonna have to have a conversation. Okay. We're gonna have we're gonna have to have a I'm conversation sorry. about it. Okay. Because I want to hear every one. I want to hear everybody's viewpoint. But at the same time, something isn't right. And if Cade York was, if the colder was really a problem, Cade York is way too much of a nice guy to kind of like not bring that up. Not that he has to bring it up to the media, but bring it up to well, somebody. You know in closed how easy doors. it is to find a punter. I, I mean, Dave Zasadol even tweeted it out. He's like, <laughs> if it was the holder, he'd be gone by now. And he's That's still true. hanging around. That's true. So That's true. You, you know you can. There's lots of punter, punters out there that are yeah. dying for a job. So. One hundred percent. Matt McAfee 100. could still strike a sixty yarder. I mean, I know that he. <laughs> I think, can hold I think he's making goal. way. So, the problem, with Pat McAfee, he's probably making yeah. way more money doing what he's doing at the Pat McAfee. Dude, show. he makes more in one year now than he made his entire NFL career as <laughs> a. As an it is insane. Pro. It is insane. Yeah. 
Yeah, he that's was crazy. a pro. That is crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep. That's crazy. Uh, you know what's so, even crazier? What's crazy? I don't know. You go ahead. Oh, no. no yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'll i let you take your reins on that. So, like, oh, so I'm on to – okay. All righty then. But, you know, like we were talking about, Cade York is gone, and we do have a new kicker, Dustin Hopkins. We got D-Hop. We got yeah, a D-Hop. We, me and Manny, had been begging the Browns for D-Hop for so long, and we got him. He's back. He's in the lane. What, what, what do you guys – what do you guys – the sirens are going off right now. In, 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 in my town, so I totally apologize for that. But what do you guys know about Dustin Hopkins? I know he came over from the Chargers. I know he's about 50% uh, of completion from, from 50 yards or beyond. What are we, exactly are we expecting from Dustin Hopkins? Maybe are we even expecting him to even have 50-plus yard kicks? I'm hoping that we're going to be in the 30 or 20 when we're actually kicking a field goal. Um, but what, is there anything you've heard uh, about Dustin Hopkins? Um uh, what do you what do you guys hear? And uh, Matt, go ahead, and then Jake, and then uh, and then uh, DM you guys can go. So, uh, so you know, everybody everybody craps on me for loving analytics, uh, but Cleveland Analytics tweeted out today: Dustin Hopkins is sixteen for eighteen on game winning or tying field goals within two minutes or OT. One of those missed field goals was a sixty two yarder. So clutch time, he's pretty good. I mean, we're talking about mm. a guy that never had a season lower than 90% on extra points. I mean, you know, we're, we're talking with a guy now it, because everybody's like, oh, well, he, he played in Los Angeles. He played in a dome. Um, he also spent seven years in Washington. Ask RG, RG3 how crappy that field is. I can't imagine it's easy to kick in. And right now, outdoors, his splits are 94% from extra point and 84.2% field goal. So, I mean, his field goal percentage is 10 points higher than Cade York's. So, yeah, 100%. Simple, one hell of an upgrade. No, he, he is, he, he's a veteran, right? I mean, he's 32 years old. Um, he's been around. And, and to your point, Mac, a lot of people are going to say, indoors, <laughs> indoors. He's kicking indoors. It's perfect conditions. No, he spent some time. He spent some time outdoors. He gets outside. And another thing I want to talk about is the, 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 those game-winning field goals. That's impressive as well. That's a mental thing, right? I mean, you got to go up there and you got to do your job. You have one job. You're practicing. You know, during halftime, you're not, you know, giving uh, speeches um, to your team. You're you're out there on the field kicking field goals, practicing. You know, kicking into the kicking net. Um, so you know, you have one job. So when you're called upon, you got to you got to make something happen. More often than not, right? More often than not. And I think um, the Browns saw the preseason uh, kind of performance from Cade York and was like. Uh, we're too good of a team to be losing to, you know, teams like this during the regular season by, by a field goal. You know what I mean? Like we cannot, right. we're, we're too good. You know, you don't want to lose a game 33 to 30 because your field goal kicker, you know what I mean? Like you want to be able to win high scoring games because you'll be in those high scoring games. Um, Jake, right. what do you think? What, what, are, what are your thoughts about Dustin? Well, the first thing that comes to mind when I hear about Dustin Hopkins, I want to say it was last year. They played the Broncos on Monday night football. He made a ton of clutch kicks. Clutch kicks. Kicks that if he would have missed one, they lose the game. I can't remember the exact score of that game, but he basically put the Chargers on his back. And they beat the Broncos. And he essentially saved the Chargers' season. I want to say, if it wasn't for that game, the Chargers were in desperation for the playoffs. And that put them in survival mode. But 
that game was indoors. So there's a lot of unknown in the sense of does he make those hits in November with, I don't know, 10 mile an hour wind in the opposite direction, you know? So there's still a lot of unknown info, but I think personally with the situation that Cleveland was put in, they got the best possible kicker, possible, you know. I'm not saying that they got the best kicker in the NFL, but they got the best realistic situation. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's all we can ask for. For sure, and I saw some people on Twitter like talking about like, oh, like how can you go from – Drafting a kicker in the fourth and cutting him, and then saying uh, it's a waste of a pick, and then trade a seventh for him. Like, but didn't they he, have an extra seven? Dude, yeah, they have an extra seven first round picks after a year or two, like it's water. Yeah, I mean, exactly. For us, a fourth rounder. Exactly, and then like, yeah. and then if he hits the waiver wire, like somebody's going to claim him because he's a like a really good kicker. Like kickers are they come and go. Like one yeah. season they're good, the next they're bad. It's just like you just don't know. Well, yeah, that's with the wake-up call for him too. You know, anytime he's essentially losing his job and getting fired, um, yeah. he's getting a sec- another opportunity. Um, so let's hope that's a wake-up call for him to maybe he lost a little bit of focus and got complacent out there in San Diego or, or in LA, yeah. LA, and uh, you know maybe he refocuses himself too. So maybe he'll be even better uh, than what he has been over the last couple of years. Just because sometimes that happens, that's a mental thing. Uh, you know, you get fired and things change in your head about mm-hmm. reevaluating and assessing yourself. Yeah. You're more uh, honest with yourself. Points. I would hope. Okay, what, what were you going to say? Oh, yeah. And to add on to that point about Dustin Hawkins, uh, in that uh, Broncos Monday night game, and I guess I had to look it up, he made, of course, an extra point on a touchdown, which is apparently huge in today's age. He made a 37. He made a 31. He made a 35. And he made a 39. But And I know those don't seem like they're big hits, but they were still clutch kicks with that type of game that they needed him to make. And if he misses one, they don't win the game. And they potentially don't have a shot for the playoffs in yep. that week. Yep. But again, that's and, just the point I was making. Well, well, I mean, great point there, Jake, because, you know, when I've, I've heard the, the big knock on Dustin Hopkins, you know, is his percentage from 50. But here's the thing. With the Browns' offense, we should not be asking a kicker to make 50-yard field goals. We're just asking them to make the gimmies. Yes. You know? yes. And, That's true. And what people don't, don't think about, because they, when they think about the, you know, the Washington football team, they just think of a dump hole. Um, and they're not wrong. But you know, he did play in two playoff games. Um, you, you know, and the only miss that he had was an extra point in 2015. So – you know, the, the guy has made clutch kicks and he makes his gimmies. So I, I, I'm all for it because especially being a, a Cleveland football fan, we've had this revolving door of kickers. I want to say the last person to, to start back-to-back week ones was Zane Gonzalez. And that mm. was like 17, 18. Yeah. And he ended up yep. getting, getting cut after yeah. what, week two? And week two. So, the day after week two. You know, it's if if the only thing that Dustin Hopkins does for his time in Cleveland is make the gimmies, I'm cool with that because we haven't had somebody actually yep. do that. I mean, we have somebody that gets hot and they get the yips and then their career takes a dump. So, you know, yeah, 
A lot of love Crosby too. Yeah, Cody. I don't think he would sign here because of the the placeholder though. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we listen, listen. I we, have we, done. I've done a little stat digging while we've been talking about Corey Bajolquez. I just want to let you know that. Yeah, I'm and, already ready for it. Go ahead. Let me put the title on, 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 the, on, the, on the screen. We're talking, we're talking whose fault saying, is it really? I'm not kicker, saying Cade York's a good kicker. That is not holder, coming out of my mouth. Both. But to say Corey Bajolquez is the best kick placeholder of all time is just idiotic. <laughs> okay. Mac, you said that? Hauska. 86, 87.6% yeah. in 2018. What he did to 82. <laughs> huh? What he did to 82. And then the next season had the same percentage. The next year, but Tyler Bass, 82.4. And then the next year in Green Bay with Mason Crosby had I mean, the lowest. years old and with the worst special teams coach in the NFL. Is that why the next year he, he went up 13%? Yeah, they also had a new special teams coordinator. Okay. But you know what? You a know special teams coordinator that lost them a playoff Corey game. All right. It, 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 seems like, it seems like the common sorry, factor is it, it, it seems like it's it, it seems like the common factor is Corey Bohoka, and, and I put out a, and I put out a poll on 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 on, on I put out a poll on Twitter. Yeah. Um, who most Browns fans think is the problem? Sixty-three uh, percent said it's solely the kicker. Thirty-one percent said both, and six percent said that it, it was both. the holder. If it was um, the holder, then it was why, both. So why is Cade York perfect in practice? I don't know. I think about every. Okay, if we're talking about practice, you can't even go point. look at basketball. The worst shooters practice? shoot about the practice. best ever in practice, practice, and then it gets game time, and they go to crap. Okay, I mean it's the, when the lots the are same, on people, they change, bro. Same I'm process. sorry, it's the same process. Snap you know what? Ball. And you know what? And the scary thing is, the scary thing is to both of your points. I mean, we're gonna find out truthfully who's right in this situation. If it's the this if it's true. the holder, if it's the kicker, because Bohorquez is going to be the holder for Dustin Hopkins, and yeah. Cade York is not officially off this roster, so there might be a chance that he's brought back afterward or whatever. But the the you know if Dustin Hopkins starts <laughs> drilling these kicks, you know what I mean? Cade probably just needs to get laid. I mean, it's, I, I think he needs a little bit. I, I, I think I think he. <laughs> I think he needs a little bit more than that mentally uh, uh, because he's missing these. He's, I don't know how you make him in practice and then you just don't make him in the game. But, like, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. Dustin Hopkins is is here. He's on the team. Yeah. So if he starts drilling these kicks, it's only Cade York. It quite literally is only Cade York. And and the, the thing I have to push back a little bit, KFC, is, like, you would have heard – Already, if Cade York does not like the way Corey Bajorquez is holding the football, you would have heard about this. You know what right. I mean? that, that's that, that's that's the one thing you you some you would have heard something. Somebody would have said something. Nobody really is actually talking this, about that okay. besides the fans. So being at that Ravens game, this is what set me off on this. I watched Cade York go at Corey Bajorquez for a solid 10 minutes saying every word in the book. Like That's true. You had the live. You, yeah, you he were there. Jake slipped on that field goal. His play Jake, Jake was there. Did he yeah. not go off on him? Yeah, like it, was, it, it, was it was pretty bad. bad. 
I do think, though, it was more of just Kay York just trying to vent frustration, and that was the only person he could vent it to right. at that moment yeah. in time. Right. And I feel sorry for him specifically in that moment, uh, but it is what it is. You, you know, this is a great point, Cody. They should teach DTR how to hold um, so they can use him on fakes. That's a great idea. I mean, DTR is extremely athletic. I mean, he can get out of that holding squat position extremely fast and, and also throw a really accurate ball to some of the tight ends that are out there. But I, but again, the only problem that I have is it's we're, what, two weeks before week one? versus yeah, yeah, and yeah. We're two weeks away from a gauntlet of the first four weeks of the season going against AFC, right. opponent, AFC North opponents. Do we really want to change it up and throw in DTR to, make, to hold? You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, it's, I would, say it's a bad idea, off. but – you would start off in practice and then work. But, but again, but yeah, again, but do we want to I, take QB? Do, that's what I'm saying. As Browns fans, right. there's five of us here, right? Yeah. If we yeah. ask the question right now, do you feel comfortable right now without even a preseason game to try it out? Do you feel comfortable with just teaching DTR A in practice? We found out that it doesn't matter what happens in practice because on the field, you can go eight for eight, nine for nine in practice, but then on the field, you know, miss, miss game winning kicks. So. Do we feel confident about that? Discovering yeah. you, you, you were saying something. Do you feel confident about DTR uh, learning how to hold? No, absolutely not. I mean, you guys see Moneyball. You remember when Scott Hatterberg? They were telling him just put Scott Hatterberg and teach him how to play first base. And the coach says, "Well, is it easy?" And 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 Brad Pitt says, "Of course it's easy." And then the coach is like, "It's absolutely not easy. It's extremely hard." to play first base if you've never played it before. Same thing with a holder. Those QBs that hold, they did that in college and high school too. You got to remember usually. So, um, you know, it's yeah. rare for the Romos and stuff like that who holds kicks anymore. I say no. But if that's something you wanted to work towards next year and have him hold on kicks, then you could teach him that. But that's something yeah. he can't learn. You, you, right. no and way. I, I just want to read this comment. This is a uh, shout out to Antonio. I think you're a first time well, uh, person who's watching the pod. Um, it, it, Antonio says, it's not the same. Game speed could change Bohorquez's holds. Personally, I feel Bohorquez plays a factor. Watch footage of Cade York's footage in college last year and up until now. That ball was coming off his foot weird. There's a reason the Bills and Packers didn't trust him. York Young ain't going to call out anybody. That's true. I mean, he's a young guy. He's a rookie in the league. I mean, who do you have to call out anybody? That's a very strong point. I Jay mean, you're not going to call out anybody. Jay, Fe Jay Feely? Jay Feely? I mean, I mean, he has he – yeah, I mean, You're yeah. not going to go against – You're not going to go against – You're not going to go against him. But at the same time, every person's different. Just because somebody who's a great kicker, Adam Vinatieri, can come out and say, no, those holds are perfect. No, those holds are perfect for you. Like, the, you can get the ball snapped a little bit different. And if Corey Bajorquez is, you know, in those game-winning situations, because it's weird when Cade York was three for three, but then all of a sudden versus the Eagles when it was a game-winning, you know, game-winning field goal, all of a sudden it misses, you know, it, it could be Corey Bajorquez too. Um, he's making a really good point, Antonio. A really good point. Do, do you guys hear that? Wait. What's that? Oh, my gosh. It, it's – oh, my gosh. It's oh, – what the Buffalo Earth. Crazy transition, but yes, that is that is that is that is, that is, that is, that is what's the mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's a. I, I was I was waiting for it. Yes, NFL cut down days are sad, but so is my love life and your fantasy team. Get over it. This is Mac. What the Buffalo Eric? The Browns were very ruthless the past few days as the initial cuts were made to trim the roster down to fifty-three players. Nothing stung quite as hard as them releasing offensive lineman Michael Dunn 
after the social media team wished him a happy birthday today. Sources say on the way out, the team gave Dunn a Dairy Queen cake with happy birthday loser, sorry you suck, spelled out in frosting. In a move that only shocked the visually impaired, the Browns cut kicker Cade York and traded for former Chargers kicker Dustin Hopkins. The move was a wise one as Hopkins' career field goal percentage is a whole 10 percentage points higher than York's. We asked Hopkins if he was worried kicking in Cleveland's conditions, to which he said, I spent seven seasons in that dump called FedEx Field. I'll be fine. Lastly, the NFL is the biggest tease outside of an OnlyFans account as there's no football on TV this week. A dunderheaded addition to the league CBA gives teams a bye this week, but after three preseason games and not in the middle of the actual season. Everyone will sit on their hands these next 10 days as we wait for the real action to start. Personally, I'm already dreading seeing clickbait hot takes on social media before September 7th. I'm looking at you, Pittsburgh. Shut the hell up about Kenny Pickett's monumental leap that's clearly not going to happen. This is Mac with the Buffalo Herd. Yeah, that monumental leap is not. Listen, everybody's reporting it. Kenny Pickett got you know fifteen pounds of muscle put on him. My wife is going for a walk right now with her with her mom, so I can talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers in a negative light. But Kenny Pickett all of a sudden is you know gaining weight and all you know it's gaining muscle and he could throw the ball really far. He looked amazing in preseason. You know what I mean? I mean, look. The three, it's impressive. I'm not going to downplay it and say, like everybody says, it's against third and fourth stringers. Yeah, it's against third and fourth stringers, but they're trying to make they're trying to make plays. They're trying to make the team. So they're going to go all out. And, you know, again, it, 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 they're, they're crisp. You know, I think it's the important part. You want to work on timing. You want to work on, you know, throwing a ball in rhythm. And they're doing a really good job about that over there in Pittsburgh. So, you know, look, look if, does he have a great year? I don't know. I don't know. It, it's going to be really interesting to see. But you know what is great? There's a brand new segment, Hitting Down with the Browns, before the season even starts. And it is Insured Trivia from Jake at Stat Farm. Woo! This is something I'd like to try with you guys. Every week, I would give you guys one trivia question, and it will be dealing with the game of the week. Since we have two weeks left before week one, we get to do two specific questions about Browns versus Bengals. Now, I'm not going to get super tricky. Okay. I'm not going to get super tricky with these like questions, and I'm not going to say, like, in 2006, how many inches of rain were there when the Browns played the Bengals? I'm not going to be that person. 42. Um, but I yeah. am going to ask you to name the player. So, this player in the expansion era has had the most passing yards against the Cincinnati Bengals in one game. Name that player. I got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Go ahead. Can I say it? Derek Anderson. Go ahead. Wrong. Baker Mayfield. How many yards did Derek Anderson pass for? It was like 346, wasn't it? How many yards did Baker Mayfield pass for, Manny? Wasn't it 400? It was 297. It wasn't. It was 297. Ooh. I thought he tore up the Bengals one of the and it, it, it is It is expansion era. So from 99 so, to now. So was it Brandon so Wheaton? It was not Brandon Wheaton. Huh. Wait. Has it been? Well, it couldn't have been Tim Couch because he was sacked 80 times a year. So Yeah, 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 yeah. It, is it, is it, it was be... it? Go ahead, Christian. I, I feel like I know this, but like I don't want to say it and sound dumb. Was it Jason? You're Campbell? not going to say. 
It wasn't Jason Campbell. I was going to say either McCowan or Hoyer. Neither. Dave is super close. Oh, so it's right after Tim Couch. Halcom? Halcom. Kelly Halcom? In, in wow. 2004, November 28th, uh, the highest scoring Bengals versus Browns game. Kelly Holcomb threw 30 for 39 for a total of 413 yards. Wow. Wow. And five touchdown passes. Wow. Oh, as good as his playoff game that year. And that he had a quarterback rating wow. of 128.5. Wow. That? That's actually – that's actually pretty well, insane. Yeah, considering it was he was 30 for 2004. Yeah, I was just a suckling then. And this was when it was not a pass-heavy league either. So that is incredible. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. What's up? I keep forgetting about the Kelly Holcomb years. Always slips that's, that's, that's insane. That's insane. That's that, that's that's actually a nice little bit tidbit of uh, of, of trivia there. Ed like said that. it was fifty eight to forty eight. Is that was that the real score? Yes, that was the highest scoring Browns Bengals game and the second highest scoring game in the history of the National Football League. Oh wow, wow. that's that's college for you. And you know that goes to the point. That goes to the point that we were talking about. I think not that it's going to be fifty eight forty eight. But we're going to have some high-scoring football games, and you do not want to lose those due to kicks. So hopefully we don't have the problem. Not that we have to go back to kickers again, but yeah, but you don't want that problem. So, <laughs> but, so um, I mean, we've got Manny. You see what you have behind you right there, and I'm I'm not I'm not stealing anything. But it, let me is that a Lombardi trophy? No, that's the that's the AFC Championship trophy, the, the trophy okay, that we're going to I'm going to go one I'm going to go one better and we're going to talk about the Super Bowl in Vegas, and, baby. Yeah, we've been rolling for 30 minutes and we've done a what the Buffalo heard, uh Jake's beautiful trivia and then we've talked about kickers and holders when we've got a Super Bowl winning team yes. this year in Cleveland. Yes. The game Saturday just validated it. I've seen everything I needed to see. Put your money on the Browns this year, and I have never said that. I have been down there every single year. I put money out of my pocket into my mouth and put money where your mouth is every single year, and I can tell you I feel it in my soul beyond the shadow of a doubt. Absolutely. It, hey. The Browns are playing in the Super Bowl, and we're winning it. This year. Hey, can, I, can, I, can I get a Super Bowl Super Browns real quick? Super Bowl, Super Brown. Yeah, I want. I want to hear you. Just like, like say it like Christian and say yeah. like Super Bowl, Super Browns. Yeah, but <laughs> it rolls off the tongue. It rolls off the tongue. Like it's speaking, like molasses. And, 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 and speaking of that, I do have a, a sincere, truthful question because again, uh, the Cleveland Browns have been paper champs for a little bit, a little bit here, right? Uh, from top to bottom, all around. You look at the history of the Cleveland Browns. There's some really good players, obviously, right? Um, the Browns in the 80s were very dominant. The Browns in the 40s, 50s, very dominant. But, I mean, top to bottom, is this not the best Cleveland Browns roster we've ever had in franchise history? I mean, yes. I, I, I mean, some fans 
quickly go to the answer of, oh, well, they got to do something with it. Oh, well, we got to see something. Oh, well, people say that every year. No, this, like, is this emphatically the official best roster? Like we've ever had, like, 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 no denying. And so, if we could just take that, you know, whatever your opinion is going to be, and take that and say, hey, there is a chance we can go to the Super Bowl. I mean, if it's not this roster, I mean, minimum, it's, it's going to the playoffs, right? I mean, is this the best roster, Christian? Is this the best roster that you've seen? We'll go in order. I do want to hear everybody's truthful yeah, opinion. Yeah. If this is the best roster, I mean, the rosters I've seen since I've been alive, yeah, it really doesn't take that much to you know, surpass those rosters, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think just from top to bottom, I mean, you've got arguably just a top three defensive player in the league, the number one running back, a top 15 wide receiver, a top, I'm going to say a top 12 quarterback as of right now, because I know some people are in, some people That's are out fair. on Watson. I'd say a top eight tight end, um, top five offensive line, top five defensive line. Still got to prove that though. Um, top five secondary when healthy and then, just an amazing play caller and just like the depth at these positions too. Like you got Okoronkwo. He's not even your starting D lineman. He's your third. He's your third option there. So I think it's probably the best since I've been alive. That's true. That's true. And, and, and by the way, you know, people are talking about 2020 Baker. I mean, that, that was a really good roster right there, but we didn't have healthy Odell Beckham in the playoffs. We didn't, you know, Baker isn't the talent that Sean Watson is. And this defense is better. And the defense coordinator is better. I mean, we're all around better. And we saw what we did in 2020. We won a playoff game. Almost beat the Chiefs. If it wasn't for Chad Henney. Uh, uh, Mac, uh, what, what, is this the best roster that you've ever, that you've ever experienced, ever seen? Is this the best roster in franchise yeah. history of the Cleveland Browns? Absolutely. Hands down. Hands down. I, I mean, you want to talk about, like, there's the only possible hole that I can see with this roster is just simply it kind of just hinges on Denzel Ward's health, right? The one storyline that's barely getting talked about. You know, Denzel Ward's fourth concussion since entering the league, and he's 26. That is super scary. Um, but also behind him, you have Martin Emerson, who's one of the best man-to-man corners, and he's entering his second year. And that's statistic, so don't even come at me with the speculation. And then you have Greg Newsom, who had one of the one of the best rookie grades in terms of man-to-man coverage. Oh, and by the way, your new defensive coordinator loves man coverage. Um, you know, you have the best D line that, that I've seen on paper since, you know, Clay Matthews and, you know, Michael Dean Perry, uh, and, oh yeah, by the way, we fixed the defensive tackle problem that I've been begging for, for the past two seasons. Um, you know, I'll say this, and I say this because I highly doubt that this is the case as much as that I've harped on Stefanski for some of his crazy play calling this roster was beautifully put together by Andrew Barry. Andrew Barry did his job. I firm believer he had the best offseason out of any NFL GM in the NFL in terms of what he had to work with and what he turned it into. Because most teams, when you have this monumental giant contract, you know, in the quarterback room, it's kind of hard to build other pieces around, right? But what he's done, he's restructured pretty much every single contract on the on this team. You know, he brought in two new defensive tackles as well as a defensive end who is better than what Cleveland thought Javian Clowney was. I mean, Darius Smith statistically is right up there with Miles Garrett. I mean, he's had two seasons with seventy-eight with one with seventy-eight pressures, one with ninety-one pressures, which led the league. Miles um, Garrett's never had 
that amount. That is that is highest in a season with 73. So we're talking about a defensive end to pair with Miles Garrett that has season statistically kind of almost the same, if not better. Now, Kevin Stefanski has to be one of the absolute worst head coaches in the NFL if he blows it this season because he has been given the keys to the car and it's pretty much an easy course because all the talent is there. He just has to make it work. Yeah. It's there, you know, there's no, there's no handicap in the quarterback room. You know, he's not starting off with a, with, with a backup quarterback. His, his backup, his starting quarterback doesn't have a shoulder injury. You know, he doesn't have to worry about COVID rules or Joe Woods being afraid to call man coverage or getting pressure up front. You know, we now fix the kicker. So he shouldn't really have to worry about, you know, missing extra points and 40 yard field goals. So like my, and you know, knock on as much wood as possible here, but how the hell does he fail this season? Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the question that I have for everybody who continuously, continuously says, Oh, well, you know, this is going to be the same old Browns. This is the other, like I'm drunk off at MC. I'm you know, yeah, yeah, we're, 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 we've tried to cool it. Like, like it, then you give me a reason outside of something sarcastic, like, oh, the Browns are the Browns. They're going to do Brown stuff. You give me a reason. If there's football people all over, the, all over the America, all over the Twitter spaces, you give me a genuine reason where you find the hole in this roster and where you think we can't do what, we're, what, what we did in 2020 with a better roster, better head coach, better, better everything. You tell me. And I, I, everybody goes silent outside of, oh, the Browns are going to find a way to mess it up because the Browns are the Browns. It's the Browns. It, you, you have nothing on what we – you have nothing to go off of. So that's why I'm saying, oh, my gosh. Yeah. If it's not with this roster, like you're saying, Matt, if, if Kevin Savanti can't get it done with this, I mean, everybody's gone. Am I right? Except Deshaun. So as, I, that's why oh, Jim like, Schwartz is staying. Jim Schwartz is staying. But, like, you know, but, but you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Jake, what do you think? What do you think? Is this the best roster top to bottom? And I also want to hear something, Jake, from you. Can you give me something for the ops and the haters and the people who don't believe in the Browns? Even some Browns fans are just still, you know, skeptical. What do you have to say to people who just don't believe in, in the Cleveland Browns right now? Because I'm sick and tired of hearing about it, frankly. Yeah. Now, first, to answer the question, I feel like this is better than the 87 roster. Um, as far as rosters that go back to the 40s, 50s, 60s, I feel like that's a tough discussion to make because of the way the game was. So I'm not going to get into that. I do feel like that this roster, however, is better than 87. I feel like this is the first roster that we've had that's better than 87. Because ever since 2018, people have been saying, well, this is the best roster since 87, 2019. This is the best roster since 87. We've been saying that over and over and over to now, 2023. And now I feel like we can officially say 2023 roster is better than 87 from top to bottom, officially. Um, although I don't feel like that's been the case in the past four years, yeah. it is now. Yeah. That's because we don't have any more holes now. Every roster we can go through, 2018, 2019, 2020. In 2018, we did not have a left tackle. In 2019, our offensive line was just utter trash. In 2020, we did not have a, the best secondary. AKA Andrew Sandano. 2021, 
we didn't have a quarterback that can take us to the next level. Um, 22, same thing. Because, of course, Deshaun Watson. Now we have Deshaun Watson for a full season. From top to bottom, we do not have a specific position that we can say, uh, what are we going to do? That is no longer the case as far as the starters go. Now, the backups, I feel, is a different story for a different topic. As far as the haters, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. I can't lie. Because how many rosters have we had where we were like, we're going to the Super Bowl, the free kitchens year. We thought we were going to go to the AFC Championship game. Talk to him, Jake. It's been tough. I can't lie. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten my hopes up way too high. Honestly, you just got to believe. That's the only yeah. thing that I yeah. can say in particular. You just got to believe. Get Which you could say stuff like, our strength of schedule is not going to be that great. And it's not. We've got a pretty weak strength of schedule overall. The first four weeks is tough. But the majority of our schedule isn't that bad. But I feel like it's just a matter of just trucking on, believing, seeing what we can do. Only time we uh-huh. A hundred percent. And Dave, I'm going to go to you with that question as well. I know Drew was saying that the linebacker room might have some holes, but again, it's not like we have a horrible linebacker room. I mean, you don't know what I mean? It's not the worst thing we've ever seen. Taki Taki showed some flashes last year. He looks really good. We got Anthony Walker back captain on the defense. I mean, everybody loves him. We know what happened to that defense when he went down early last season. And another thing is like Deshaun Watson, so talented, by the way, that it's like even his worst, even his mediocre, right? I mean, his mediocre play with this fantastic roster with the talent that he has now and, and, and knocking off the rust, the mediocre play that we've already seen in the preseason and the flashes that we've seen, I mean, it's better than Baker Mayfield in 2020. So, yeah. I, mean, like, I mean, my goodness. Dave, yeah. what, what do you have to say to, the, say to some of the people who just don't believe it? Also, do you think, you know, you've been a Browns fan longer than us, but do you think that this is the, the, the best roster that you've ever experienced in the franchise history? It is. It is. And and for the last couple of years, we've had the best rosters in in a long time, to be honest with you. We've had a lot of talent ushered in here. But what I think the big difference is this year is not just talented players. We've had that before. It's a different culture right now. I think the Browns before, with all this analytics, they found a way to pull all that emotion out of a game that's based on emotion. They zapped it all out. And I think now with these personalities, you know, Jim Schwartz is a very dominant alpha type personality. And I think that we're starting to get that that swag back, that little bit of culture change that we needed to where these players can play freer. They can play faster. They can play smarter. They can kind of be relied on for themselves because Jim Schwartz delegates. He expects you to do your job as he tells you he needs you to do it. Um, and it's just that difference right there. You can see in that preseason game, I know that was just such a small window, but we haven't seen that electricity yet. Man. We haven't seen that dominant defensive pressure yet. That defense, that whole first half, that defense was dominating Talk about their, it. their offensive line. They Talk were in the backfield it. on every play. I didn't care if it was the starters, second or third stringers from Phelps all the way up to whoever, they were in that backfield eating. There's something different about these players right now this year. There's something different about it. They got that dog back in them. And this oh. year, it's Super Bowl this year. I'm stamping it, dude. I'm Let's go, DM. Forgive me, finally. Forgive me, DM. 
they and we, 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 and we have guys in here that are not making excuses. That's what I want. Okay, I want yeah. guys in here that are not making excuses. It's t- We can win these close games. Last year, you we know it all on the forefront of our mind, the close games we should have won, the Jets, the Falcons, the Chargers games. You know what I mean? It, it, we know them. And it's time to start winning these games. And I think we're able to do that. I think we're able oh, to keep man. up with these teams. And we're going to show it. We won. Yeah. We are going to – it's going to go even further than that. I mean, not only are they going to win the Super Bowl this year, they are going to have the biggest point differential between points scored and points given up. I think they're going to have the biggest margin of point <laughs> differential in the NFL. Wow. I don't think we're going to be wow. worried about a kicker in the fourth quarter at all wow. in any games this Talk year. To I, dude, I think the NFL is going to be absolutely blown away <laughs> with the level of ass whooping. Let's go! The Browns are winning the Super Bowl, bro. That's it. Dude, get Dave in the locker room, man, because he could hop this team into going 17. Dude, I, I believe it in my soul. I've seen it, man. I could tell in their pre- – I watch everything, man. I watch every press conference. I watch the mannerisms of which the questions are asked. I watch the mannerisms of which they answer the questions. Yes. I watch their eyes. I listen to the tone. I hear everything. And this shit happens this year. Super Bowl. Let's go, Let's go. Let's go. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm telling, and, and, and everyone knows. I mean, we have the best running back. We have a fantastic quarterback. Our offensive line yep. is top two, top three, not, top two, and not two in the league. It's crazy to talk about. It's I mean, right. the pieces are all there. There's no more excuses. Yeah. So, so all so, that other stuff stayed stay back last year. Stay back the year before. Come on now. Yeah. So do you guys remember what made that 2018 defense great? It was the turnovers, right? Turnovers. And yeah. what kind of coach did they have on defense? Was they Williams. had a guy Greg that Williams. was aggressive, and he had the mentality of, we're going to get beat, but you have to earn every single yard. And that's the mentality that Jim Schwartz brings to this team. I, I mean, we're talking about a coach that just had his players get three interceptions. Two of them were pick six. And he was not happy that there were points on the board. He was frustrated to the point to where he's yelling at his players seconds before being pulled for a, for a sideline interview before going into halftime. Like that is the kind of, they need a bad guy, right? Because mm-hmm. Kevin Stefanski, since he's been here and, you know, everybody not. has yeah. their own coaching style, right? You know, yep. some people's are, play, some guys are players coach and some, some guys are hard asses. Well, <clears throat> you can't, have players coaches all across the board. Somebody's got to be the bad guy, right? There's no such thing as good cop, good cop, right? So Jim Schwartz just brings that just swagger to this defense. I mean, I I believe the quote was he wants to lead the league in swag this year, right? Mm -hmm. Was that something that he said in camp? Wasn't He's off to a good start. Yeah, no, and he's off to a good start. And you could just tell that these players are fired up. I I mean, look at the body language in those preseason games compared to the body language that they had last year. Absolutely. I mean, we had guys pointing Who you fingers. with? Who you with, We Jay? had guys, you know, throwing bombs Jay? at yeah. each other verbally in press conferences and firing off tweets. Oh, that's not my job. You know, that was this guy. That was that guy. That wasn't me. You know, you don't have that this year. And Jim Schwartz makes it, while he does have his wrinkles and everything, he makes it relatively simple. Um, you know, yeah. and to go back to the whole, you know, this roster's too good to fail thing, 
let's just say, and I and 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 I was talking to Dave and KFC about this last night, but let's just say hypothetically, you know, and, and especially with you playing four like all three of your divisional opponents the first three weeks. So let's just say after after five weeks, they're they they start or after four weeks, they start one and three, and Stefanski's king. It's gone. gone. The gone. offense is broken. Yep. What happens then? Well, the only coordinator with NFL head coaching experience is Jim Schwartz, a guy that took the Detroit Lions to the playoffs twice. How many coaches in the NFL can say that they've taken the Detroit Lions to the playoffs, let alone done it two times in their career? So you have that, and you have Alex Van Pelt. Um, when was the last time that he was an offense coordinator? Oh, wait, it was the playoff game in Pittsburgh where they put up 40 points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and, and, it's, and, 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 and it's by the totally way, different, totally different call. So, it's, it's, yeah. and, and just, I, I, don't, I just, this is why it's so annoying. This is why it's so annoying because people act like, oh, we beat the Steelers in the playoffs, and the Steelers fans say, hey, it's, it, that's your Super Bowl, that's your Super Bowl. If we already beat you once in your home, we're away, right? When you said the Browns are the Browns. And we beat you with Baker Mayfield and no OBJ and no Jim Schwartz. Now we fixed our defensive line, got a better offensive line, got a better quarterback. Uh, you know, it's like our head coaches, you know, it wasn't our head coach had COVID. He couldn't even be at the game and we still beat you. So it's it's like we have all the pieces now. So why are people are so it's weird. It's just weird. But that's so, but again, it takes some time just to to change your mind about stuff. And that's we're gonna have to show. Yeah. And, I, and I like the position. Right. Well, okay. So here's here's how I look at it. Like you guys keep talking about the culture changing, and I think a lot of it has to do with not only just Jim Schwartz, but some of the players that have left in the offseason. Some people that I felt were just here to collect checks, you know. Yeah, Jadavion's yeah. gone. Oh, Jadavion's gone. gone. Went, to, went to the Baltimore Ravens. Went to the yeah. Baltimore Ravens. JJ three's gone though. Oh, we don't even care about. I got that. him out. JJ three him with one running his mouth. Juan Thornhill replaced Juan him. Thornhill. Dude, I mean, Dude how about cooked. Juan Thornhill, man, turning into freaking Ed Reed, who can lay the lumber, man. I mean, yeah, my for goodness, sure. dude. And then you you replace your Davion Clowney with two guys that are willing to put in the work and have t- had playoff success, Sedarius, no Caronquo. And then you get you up this other line or the defensive line with yeah. a guy that has been to the Super Bowl in Shelby Harris, Super Bowl champion. And then mm-hmm. Dalvin Tomlinson too. Yeah. There's like so much Super Bowl talent on this defense now. And it just makes yeah. me so hyped because these guys are still hungry. And they're just chasing a ring. And, like, one thorn uh, – yeah, he said, like, he's going to get another one in Cleveland. Yeah. Like he's so, like <clears> – I think you talked about this not too long ago, uh, Mandy. Like, you talked about him getting the tat on his arm. Like, that shows these yeah. guys are bought yeah. in. Yeah. And that's something he, we've he, not had. Yes. And I love the vibe going into the season, too, with the media. Because we've not had, like, anybody – like, the past couple of years we've had these teams like, oh, the Browns are sleepers. The Browns are sleepers. And, like, they're not – you're not really hearing that right now. Like you're like the 2021 offseason going into that year. They're like, the Browns are dark horses to win the Super Bowl. Duh, 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 duh. And you know, they're hopping and like everybody's like buying in. So like the expectations are here. And yeah. you know, outside of Browns fans, like outside of us, nobody really even sees us going to the playoffs. Like they they're like, oh, this team's kind of good, but it's the Browns. Like they're 
And I like that. And I like that. Because I love it. I love that. Because the Bengals fans think we're the same trash team we were last year, bro. They they keep talking talking like we don't own them. They're going to find out on September 10th when we hit them in the mouth. They're going to find out real quick this year. Exactly. And and you know what's crazy? And you know what's crazy? The thing I love about beating the Bengals. Joe Woods owned Joe Burrow. Yes. Like, I cannot wait for September 10th, bro. I cannot wait to sniff the fresh air of First Energy Stadium and hear Joe Burrow crying because he's hitting the ground so much from Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith. I cannot wait till we make our just our arrival for the dynasty. Yep. September 10th starts the dynasty for the Cleveland Browns. That's it. That's it. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I do want to. I do want to address one quick thing uh, that Drew said that that Jack Duffin, a good friend uh, of the show, and on Twitter, um, uh, talks a lot of financial oh stuff about the Browns. Uh, said that Shelby Harris could be a surprise cut, and Delpit Grant Delpit no, could be a surprise Delpit. trade. What are your guys' first thoughts on that, really quickly, uh, as we keep this bad boy rolling? What are your What are your first What are your first um, thoughts? So, get, get, do you mind if I go first? Yeah, go ahead. Go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So. Ch- I if one of those two things are going to happen, um, I would say Shelby Harris before Grant Delpit. Yeah. Um, you, you know, number one, just because of how young Grant Delpit is, um, and number two, really the surprise. Well, not really that much of a surprise to me, but surprise to some people. Mo Hurst, Mo freaking Hurst. I mean, he, in my opinion, has played out outplayed Jordan Elliott. Um, and he is one hell of a penetrator at the defensive tackle position. Yeah. Um, you know, now if the if Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski really believe in um, Ronnie Hickman and DeAnthony Bell, then yeah, I mean they might they might trade Grant Delpit if they get a good you know if they get a good offer for him. Because in all reality, I mean, you know, Rodney McLeod's already played in Jim Schwartz's defense. He he's already knows what he's doing, and yeah. it's evident, you know, by the interception that he had in the preseason. And I really do think that, you know, if Grant Delpit struggles, he's going to land himself on the bench because Rodney McLeod, he's been doing this his entire career, and he's been playing at a very top level. I mean, I was mm-hmm. very kind of surprised they brought that they were able to bring him in. Um, and you know, that he didn't get paid higher by another team, but yeah. also again, you know, he's playing with a familiar face. Um, but you know, outside of those first two safeties, um, you know, D'Anthony Bell has not had a great preseason game. I, I mean, it, you know, one of his things that was made him a great special teamer and, you know, a great bench guy was his tackling and his ability to play the run. Well, his angles, and his pursuits of the football have not been great these past two games. Um, and he's given up a couple touchdowns. And then you have Ronnie Hickman, who he has played great. Don't get me wrong, but he's still an undrafted rookie. Like, do you really want that as your third safety? Um, so, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think that they're that comfortable with the safety room to just give Grant Delpit away unless, you know, granted, you know, they hear every single offer. So if there's an offer that they cannot refuse, I'm sure they'll take it. Um, Jesus, dude, calm down. <laughs> Sorry, love yeah, some my, camera, Tom. Yeah, no, I, I, I freeze, I freeze a Kong of peanut butter before every, before every podcast, and he goes through it in like forty minutes. So the rest of the twenty, he's just being an absolute terrorist right now. He's got his, uh, he's got his bison um, that he's squeaking and everything. Um, and Ed brings up a great point. Um, you know, what do we, what are, what are we going to do if Denzel Ward can't go? 
you know, it, it is his fourth concussion here, and he's 26. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's very, very scary for a guy that at, at his right. age. And, you know, you hear all these times about these football players that, you know, they're before 30 and they retire. And, you know, you, you can't really blame, blame them because concussions are scary. So, you, yeah, yeah. Dave, can you speak on that a little bit? And, Jake, I want to hear what your, your thoughts are. Are there, are there any concerns about Denzel Ward's health and if he can go? And, and, and what are your thoughts on that? Go ahead, yeah, Dave, I, mean, I, think, I think there is now, especially since it's been publicized. Somebody actually did some math on it and, and listed what his injuries and missed games were like. Um, I know it opened my eyes, and I'm sure it did a lot of other people as well. But, um, you know, I, I – I mean, listen, Denzel, man, he's just kind of, he's kind of like that kid. He just kind of goes out there until they tell him not to. So, um, you know, he doesn't sit himself down. He has to be pulled out of games and both of those concussions, he went out, uh, he had to be pulled out. He wants to play. So, uh, until his performance shows anything, uh, any deterioration due to some injuries or something like that, I mean, let him roll, but I think it's a concern. And I mean, I don't know, man. I, it's just, it's always one of those crazy things, but it's just to go back to the point about trading Delpit. I mean, whether Denzel can go or not, or, or ends up getting hurt, whatever, all the more reason to hang on to Grant Delpit because everybody forgets those last seven, eight games last year. Grant Delpit was one of the best safeties in, in NFL. I mean, he was playing lights out mm-hmm. football. So yeah. if they did trade Grant Delpit, I don't know what they would get for him, but I would hope it would be a massive haul because he's worthy of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Jake, Jake, any concerns about Denzel Ward? I hate to say this, but I always have concerns, not just with Denzel Ward, but with just about any secondary player in the National Football because I feel like they're the most injured players in the league overall, not just with Cleveland, but with any team. And yes, I mean, Denzel Ward, I don't think he's played a full season since being in Cleveland, has he? I don't think I don't, so. I don't, I don't think so not. either. Think he has not. He has, so. has not. And, and, but he's done more good than bad. Yeah, yeah, he's very, very notable. true. Very true. He's very notable. Very true. And we and we truly need him. And he's now, in a sense, a veteran for this Cleveland Browns team because mm-hmm. he was there yeah. when, of course, we were zero six. Well, when we were zero sixteen, but right after zero sixteen, and he was kind of the play, one of the players that led the charge for the defense um, with you know Greg Williams <laughs> at defensive coordinator. So I don't. I feel like it would be too early to say, hey. Denzel, we got to let you go just because of an injury concern. Yeah, I yeah. Feel like I remember just they gave him that big contract when he had already a good portion of those injuries. So the Browns yes. must feel okay about it. They must feel yes. pretty okay. And, and, I agree. And, 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 and really quickly, can you guys give uh, give some of the, the, the surprise cuts? I, I know, Mac, you already you already technically had one. Who's the name that you came up with? And then I'll, I'll go KFC and then and Dave and then, and then Jake. Sure. Oh, so me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm going to hear the, the, the name that, that Mac came up with. Mac said, Mac said, I forgot who, who Mac said. Oh, no, 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 no. I was just talking about, uh, like, if, if I had to pick one of the two of Jack Duffin's predictions, I mean, I would just take Shelby Harris. Yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah. sticking with the D, the D line here, um, I, surprise cut, I would be Jordan Elliott. Um, wow. You, you yeah. know, he, he had a decent last game, but Mo Hurst has outplayed him. 
Shelby Harris has outplayed him. Uh, I mean, Dalvin Tomlinson, that's a gimme. Uh, so, you know, he's – I don't think they're going to keep five D li- five defensive tackles. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it like I, – I mean, you know, who have we seen less of? Him or Tommy Togiai? Well, we've seen less of Tommy Togiai. Yeah. And Tommy Togiai yeah. technically had a better preseason. So, I mean – and wow. and I get everybody sitting there, you know, 1.7 million. They're not going to just give up 1.7 million. Well, Jordan Elliott's been in this group, been on this team for four years now, and he hasn't really shown us anything outside of, you know, plays that I can count on my hand. And I don't even think I can count to five at this point. Yeah. So, you, you know, I, I, surprise cut, I would say Jordan Elliott, um, just simply because everybody else in that room has kind of outplayed him, in my opinion. Yeah, KFC. Who's who's your surprise cut? And then we'll go Dave. My, and we'll go Jake. my surprise cut. I'm gonna go. Oh man, this is hard. Ed, your jokes are still just as lame as they were last year. <laughs> <laughs> he's. I swear, he's the king of dad jokes. It's those puns, man. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Um, but I'm going to say surprise cut. I'm going to go with uh, the Anthony Bell. Um, I think that they'll let him walk. I think that they'll run with those three safeties. I think it'll be um, Delpit, McLeod, and um, uh, Thornhill. You don't think that they're going to have four safeties? I think they'll keep like a hybrid top guy. And if they do run a fourth, I think it'll be Hickman. I, I agree with raw. that same thing as well. I, I mean, you know, Hickman, we've seen him be able to play downhill, and his knock was always coverage. Um, but, you know, he's had three interceptions. So it's mm-hmm. just, you, you know, he uh, he's given up a, a, a TD or two, you know, of course. But, it like, he's shown that he can go downhill and tackle. Yeah. And, you know, just like how I was saying earlier, uh, D'Anthony Bell did not have a, a great preseason so, you know, I think they're going to go with more upside there, the fourth one. That, that's, a, that's a good take there, Christian. Yeah. But Dave, who do, you, who, who, who do you think? Well, first and foremost, A.J. Green cut. Uh, I, I don't know if we'll move on from A.J. It's Green. Close. I think he might sliver in. I think he might sliver in. Uh, but with the Anthony Schwartz cut, I think that almost guarantees Austin Watkins Jr. is making this roster. I mean, I mean, my goodness, I, 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 I how can you not yeah. let Austin Watkins not make the roster? Um, so, uh, Dave, who, who's your guy who's going to be the uh, – who's your surprise cut? Um, and then we'll go Jake. I, I don't see anybody being a surprise cut. A surprise cut to me is somebody, a notable name who gets dropped out that you didn't expect to, to get released. And, I mean, everybody that I see is making this roster. I mean – I don't know what Taki Taki's overall status is with the front office, but I mean, I guess if there was a crazy name, um, you know, maybe a linebacker, Taki Taki, but I mean, I could see every name that matters to me is making this roster no matter what. So um, I wouldn't even be able to speculate other than, other than something crazy like, a, uh, you know, people's Jones or something like that. But, yeah. 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 The, uh, uh, Drew said, Drew said he can't stand the David Bell haters. I think, I think, I think David Bell just the only problem with David Bell before we get to you, Jake, he doesn't is, stick out. Yeah, exactly. He, doesn't he stick hasn't out. done he anything since different. he's gotten here. That he, he got that one, he had that one play that they put on the uh, on the Browns Twitter like last week. 
<laughs> and it's like, and, and, and I'm sorry, I know. Well, he hasn't gotten so much time. David Bell hasn't got. I know that, but you got to do something. Get on the field. You, exactly. And there's just players who are just better than you, better than you, and better than you. And then Austin Watkins Jr. is doing a fantastic job. You know what I mean? Taking the bull by the horns and taking the position. It, look, David Bell, you're going to have to do something. You're well, going to have to do something for me. Yeah. Is that why we hate him? Yeah. Would that yeah. be a surprise cut for you guys, though, David Bell? I don't think it would for me. I I think it would be a surprise cut because it's a Andrew Barry. Uh, it's just uh, his second year, though. It is his second year, but isn't wasn't David Bell our first pick Mm-mm. of last? No, that was Martin Emerson. It was Martin Emerson. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Martin Emerson, Alex, Alex Wright, and then David Bell. Okay, yeah. So I mean, I mean, he would be a surprise cut just because we're moving on from him so early. But then at the same time, it wouldn't be so much a surprise because. I, see, I don't see, day we're having wide receiver talent. Yeah, if, <laughs> yeah. if anything happened with David Bell, I don't think we'd cut him. I think we would trade him. Yeah, oh, true, 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 true. I mean, Even, he's yeah, obviously Marcus not a number Marcus. three because they went and got Elijah Moore. So yeah. if Bell, if they felt Bell, if Bell was a good number three or a slot receiver, he'd be yeah. out there with Amari Cooper, who's a stud. Uh, and Donovan Peoples-Jones, who can be and needs to flash this year. But obviously, yeah. they don't have much confidence in David Bell. I'm surprised he's still around at this point, yeah. to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Dang. I think Marcus on Twitter also says David Bell is possible cut. Uh, Matt saying that, you know, his separation is better than Amari last year. I I, I think, he's just, again, it's just he, we haven't seen enough. Oh, we have not, we have not seen enough. So, you know what I mean? Uh, it's just – um, is Felton gone yet? I think I think Felton's going to be taking some 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 kick returns and punt returns and things like that. So I don't think they're going to move on from so uh, especially with Jakeem, Jakeem Grant. Unfortunate, unfortunate. You know, um, prayers up for Jakeem Grant again. That was horrible, um, yeah. horrible. Just a, a fantastic electric player that we wanted to see here on the Browns, and hopefully he'll get healthy and 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 and, and next year can be the year that he bounces back. But Jake, who uh, did you give your surprise cut already, Jake? Not yet. Uh, And there's a lot to add to what you guys have already put into this topic so far. I know Mac mentioned Jordan Elliott. It is more of a surprise to me that Jordan Elliott has not been cut. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. it is time for him to just get out. Yeah. I I hate to say it like that, but I don't feel like he's produced anything. I said it last week. I took it away from Mac last week. Again, I apologize, Mac. But yeah, you're good. Yeah. Um, Spitting facts. I, I, I can't feel, I can't blame you. Yeah. I feel like he needs to, like, his time is up personally. If they cut Shelby Harris and Jordan Elliott is somehow still on this team, something is wrong. Jordan Elliott has some inside dirt on front office if that happens. Well, no, Jake, what he'll have is he has the backing of Miles Garrett. If you watch Miles Garrett last year in the preseason, Miles Garrett gave a glowing review of Jordan Elliott saying that he was getting ready to make the next step and blah, 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 which I was very shocked to hear because Miles usually doesn't speak on behalf of anybody but himself. So he did. Sorry to cut you off. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. That's a good point. I just haven't seen anything from him yet. I mean, yeah, uh, who was it? Uh, uh, Malik McDowell in the 2020 season, or was it the 20? No, 2021. Yeah. Malik McDowell went out there right out the gate and was in the backfield almost every single play effortlessly. And if the man hadn't got arrested, he'd still be on the team. Probably <laughs> He was an animal. Him and Tackle. He was. That's true. 
Yeah. Uh, but, Matt, Matt, that's a really good point. Uh, Darden might be a surprise return guy too. But go ahead, Jake. Sorry to cut you. No, you're okay. You're okay. Now, I feel like there won't be any specific surprise cuts, as uh, Dave was saying earlier. Now, I'm not saying this will happen because I don't want it to happen. But if if they were to cut Diabate, that would be a surprise cut. But I don't want them to. We need him. There is That's where we struggle. People say, we struggle at the linebacker position. No, we don't. We struggle with backups at the linebacker position. I feel like that's a different issue. Last year, we had the linebackers, but when they got injured, that's where we fell off. Now that we have some backups, some, I feel like it won't be as big of an issue. But that's just me. Yeah. Do you guys yeah. think Tony Fields makes the cut? He's had a couple splash plays. Yeah, I, I mean, Jordan Kanasik is out for with yeah. the knee injury for a while. So, you know, I think I I would be more surprised if they don't bring in a, a another linebacker here. But, you, you know, behind them, it's it's Diabate and Tony Fields. Um, and then, well, of course, they're going to keep Matt Adams because he's a special teams guy. Yeah. So, yep. you, you know, I, I don't really see anyone beating out um, – those three there, especially with Kunasik, it would be a totally different thing if Kunasik was still here. Cause I mean, he's Jim Schwartz's favorite, uh, yeah. you know, the guy was wearing his Jersey at practice, but um, you know, that's, that's another one where you were kind of sad to see. Cause I, I was excited for him to get some snaps this year. He was a, you know, no name coming in, coming into the team last year. I, I don't even think he was on the initial 53. I think he came in late in mm-hmm. the season, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah, uh, so, after we lost half the linebacking core, like halfway through the season. Yeah, and y- yeah. you know, and especially for a defense that struggled against the run last year, and Jim Schwartz is you know is going to hammer home defending the run this year. Diabate is your guy. I mean, the guy can run downhill. He's not afraid to take on blockers, and he plays with like his hair's on fire. And that's yeah. the kind of run stopping linebacker that you need on this team. So yeah, right. I would be shocked if Diabate didn't make the fifty three. Yep, me too. Yeah, me too. 100%. Okay. 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So, so, so I'm going to say the last thing really quickly is our next game. Obviously, it's, it's, it's the rehearsal's over, right? I mean, it, it's finally time to put everything that we've been saying, uh, pen to paper. Um, finally going to this season. It's week one. We're opening. It's, it, it's a gauntlet again. We're opening at, uh, hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. So that's going to be electric. It's going to be an atmosphere that I think Browns fans are really excited for to get a home opener win for the first time in a long time, especially against Cincinnati. Mm. Will we get Joe Burrow? Will we not get Drew Burrow? I don't think most of us care. I think we're, I think we're going to get a win anyway. Um, that's just my honest opinion. But, uh, but also I do want to say, you know, down with the Browns, it's our hundredth episode coming soon. This is episode ninety nine. Yes, thank sir. you guys so much for supporting. Um, thank you so much. Please follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out. Down with the Browns. We're giving giveaways. Uh, some merch. Uh, we got some really nice merch going on. Christian, what do you want to say? You want to say something? Well, um, to that point on the the Bengals game, yes, I just want to let you guys know, um, Joe Burrow's not been practicing much lately. No, he is not. No, he is not. And I, it, but at the same time, but at the same time, I give little, I give little, you know, concern to that or any play to that because it, 
They, I don't. They're they're not. We're not playing Nick Chubb. You know what I mean? Like we know it. Yeah, it, but he's practicing. Like he's true, practicing. true. But like I, I think they don't. Practicing. They don't want him to do anything. It's Joe yeah, Burrow. I know, but right? Like, you well, yeah, I mean, they're getting him ready to see his dad come week one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I can't wait to use that picture again. Yeah, I can't wait to use that picture that I made last year after we just owned him on uh on uh, Halloween. This one. Oh, oh that's going to be so awesome. And wait. That's going to be so amazing. Hey, guys. Uh, great show. Thank you so much for listening. This was a, a, a really fun one. Uh, make sure you play it back. Follow us on YouTube. Uh, as Jeff said, go Browns. Go Browns. And as always, go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns, go Browns. Go Browns baby.